Hello, it is September 20th, 2019. You are listening to the Pat McAfee Show 2.0. This is not Pat McAfee, this is Ty Schmidt. It is currently 3.15 on Friday morning. We just got back from New Orleans, and I am very fucking tired. But we still have some business to take care of. Today's show is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, SeatGeek. Listen, if you've listened to the program, you know how big of fans we are, SeatGeek. They're the best ticket-buying app available on this planet, on the moon, basically anywhere you can find tickets. The reason SeatGeek is so great is because they scour the internet to find the best ticket for the best price. They're not trying to catfish you. They're not trying to pull the wool over your eye. They're just trying to get you some premium seats at a price you can afford. Whether it's sports, comedy, theater, whatever, SeatGeek's got you covered. Right now, Pat's listeners can get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase by using the code PAT. Or if your pocketbook or your wallet's been hurting as of late, you can use code McAfee for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Have a little self-awareness, know which category you fall into, and please use both of those codes because we need both of those guys to stay active and SeatGeek can keep helping us out. You're alive, but are you living? Go live and see something live with SeatGeek. All right, today's show is a compilation of some of um, our favorite moments from radio from this past week, starting with former Jets Center Nick Mangold, who we had on the show on Monday afternoon, live from 4 World Trade Center. To be honest with you, I don't really remember what we talked about because that seems like it was about six months ago, but I am very excited to re-listen to it because I do remember laughing and I do remember being very entertained by Nick Mangold. Joining us now is a man with a big brain, uh, an all-pro for the New York Jets. A man that I saw at the new, uh, the NFL draft, had a couple conversations with, had a couple beers with, and is one of the most entertaining and electric humans to ever grace this earth. Ladies and gentlemen, from Centerville, Ohio, Nick Mangle. Hey, how we doing? Nick, not as great as you. Did you enjoy that intro? I wish it could have been better. I'm so sorry about that. Yeah, I thought the second time around was perfect. Really nailed it. Um, let's talk about your Jets real quick. We could talk about everything you do. Uh, sportsbettingdimes.com, uh, that is the company that you are currently promoting. What do you do with them? How's life with sports betting dimes? What do you think about the sports gambling world that we're about to bounce into? So I'm breaking into it. I'm new to it. Uh, Jersey, you know, it's legal here to be able to do it. And so for me, it's a, a tool that I can use. Uh, it's all free. You can check them out. Um, you know, they give you all the stats and all the different uh, research that you don't want to do. Uh, and they're a big help. Okay. Have you, have you learned, and this is when I gamble on the NFL, I feel as if I have an advantage because I, I feel like I don't read the X's and O's. Okay. I read the Jimmy's and Joe's. If a guy comes off a bad game, I'm like, you know what? This guy, going back to his hometown, is going to want to prove a lot of people wrong, especially coming off a bad week. He wants to get rich. I think he's going to have a good game. Bang, I'm going to hammer the over for this. Have you found that at all, or are you just literally getting your feet wet right now? 
I'm getting my feet wet, and I thought I would be good. I tried uh, Daily Fantasy last year, um, and I thought, well, that would be easy. It's not. Um, and I just got worked over bad. So uh, now, you know, obviously I moved from the free side and threw some money at it. Uh, so this should go swimmingly. Well, I think the good thing is, is if you have a lot of money like yourself, you're supposed to just dump it all into gambling. So remember that as you continue this thing. Let's talk about the Jets, shall we? Shall we? This was supposed to be the year. I mean, Gary V, Mike Greenberg, KFC from Barstool, I believe yourself, everybody's excited. We got Lev Bell. We got this elusive running back who's like a magic man. Whew, now you see me. Now you don't. We got this quarterback that was 12 when he got to the league. Now he's grown into the year and bang, just one thing after another. And now mononucleosis has attacked the New York Jets. What is going on? And will the Jets ever not be cursed? Uh, I think at some point they will not be cursed. Uh, unfortunately, right now it feels like we're cursed. Um, to have your quarterback get mono is uh, absurd. Um, to have your starting linebacker who absolutely dominated for three quarters get injured and then out um, is going to hurt. But at the same time, you know, as you know, um, mm-hmm. even in the world, next man up, next man up flock. You know, if you got to go out there and you got to kick a field goal, you got to do it, you know? And uh, so I, I think that's our hope is that the next man up fills in. We get a week um, of notice, which, you know, it's better than guy getting hurt on the first play. Um, but uh, so I don't know. It's going to be a wild time tonight. I'll be there at MetLife rocking some tailgates, um, hanging out, doing a little pregame show. Um, so it, it's going to be a wild time. Adam Gase. Got introduced to the New York Jets in one of the most memorable press conferences I think the world has ever seen, right? I mean, he was bright-eyed and bushy-tailed out there. Understatement of the year, what I just said. His last press conference where he was describing Sam Darnold being down because of mono and uh, some seemed like he was a bit beat up. Is there a way, if you're the coach of the Jets, what are you saying to the team? Like, hey, listen, I mean, obviously, we've hit every single branch of the unfortunate tree as we've fallen down to earth here. What is your message to the team tonight if you're in that locker room? I think the message is, uh, you know, all is not lost. We have a backup. Ooh, all is not lost. We have a backup who has started games in the NFL. It's not not a guy coming in green who has no idea what he's doing. Um, we have a, a power running game uh, that we got to ride. You got to ride that horse um, and just keep riding it. Just keep riding it. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, play lights out defense. And I think Greg Williams uh, is going to have that defense amped up. Him and him and OBJ already, uh, you know, battling a little mm-hmm. bit. Greg Williams, two Gs, came out there and said, uh, Odell who? <laughs> just joking. <laughs> and then he said, do the Giants like Odell? I don't know. You tell me. I enjoyed a little give and take between a D coordinator and wide receiver who thinks he's been wronged by a guy in the past, which, I mean, that's up for debate. Uh, I'm not in the locker room. I don't know what they're being said. Uh, let's move forward to the NFL as a whole. This morning I was on Get Up and Rex Ryan uh, in the pre-production meeting almost had a complete conniption fit about these refs and how the game is being called and the game is being changed. How do we fix the officiating issue that's happening in the NFL? There's 
billions of dollars on the line. And I'm saying that not only with sports gambling and with contracts and with tickets being sold and ownership and everything like that. There is so much money on the line in the NFL. And whenever something becomes this big, every mistake gets, uh, what's that called? Magnified. There it is. That's the word I'm looking for. And it seems as if the ref's mistakes have been magnified. But, man, they seem to be happening at a more rapid rate, Nick. Oh, they are. And I think what it's showing you is that you got to go full-time refs. I think that's our only hope. There's still going to be human error, uh, but you want to knock out some of the human error, uh, you make the guys full-time. Um, and you know, I think that helps. And you know, I think that's, that's your best bet. Uh, I, I don't know any other way other than to have guys who have no other jobs, their only job, watch film, watch games, and go over it and over it and over it again. Walt Anderson and I have a bad relationship, okay? He caught, a, he caught a false start on me in England on an extra point that should have been on the nose tackle. You know, I was trying to get the D-line off of our guys on field goal, so I go hard count on two, on three, because the offensive linemen hate field goal enough. I mean, it's the worst job in the history to be an offensive lineman on field goal. Do you agree? I concur. It's bad. You're just sitting there. You stand up, and literally they tell you to die slowly. That's a technique. Die slowly. So it's a miserable thing. So I try to go hard count from the belly. I got a nose tackle to jump. Thought we should have been able to go for two from the one-yard line instead of the extra point. Walt Anderson literally looked at me, pointed at me, and said, I'm calling it on one. So since that day, I've hated him. But with that being said, he's 97 years old, still calling games. Is there ever going to be a time where there's a turnover and referees I, I mean i think we need a new class to get in there and have you ever thought about potentially officiating because i think ex-players refing is the way we really fix this whole thing uh oh that would be interesting ex-players officiating so much more would get away with um well i think it'd be more reasonable and also whenever they make the call people would be like ah he's played that must be right you know what i mean i think they get a lot more credit than like walt anderson who's like holding on shut up walt that's what everybody's first reaction is <laughs> if it was an old player i think they'd be like ah that's reason more like a hockey thing you know right well i think the big thing that you look at it too is they don't have a farm system where are they getting these young refs coming up? Um, is there a refing school? Do these guys go to, you know, is there a class they can take? Um, you know, America has instilled the farm system of football where kids are playing, you know, from third grade on uh, through high school, through college, through the NFL. They get to the game and they know what's going on um, without having, you know, you never see like a high school kid out there learning how to ref. Um, I think that could be something you could look into. Yeah, you just got to hope Hockey Lee has more kids. Yeah. I think Ed Hockey Lee is the farm system. Just him and Mrs. Hockey Lee in there, just creating referees uh, on the whole thing. Him and Cromarty. <laughs> you were teammates with him. That was That's one of the most – hey, he's a good dude, by the way. He's a great guy. I love, I love Crow. I agree. He got painted in a pretty bad light on that uh, hard knocks with the naming of his kids and the birthdays. I think there was potentially some editing, is what I was told by Cromartie himself. I'm not sure if that's accurate. Uh, I wasn't there, so I can't say. Um, but, yeah, he definitely took it on the chin and took eating on that. We interrupt this conversation to say, don't judge a book by its cover. But we also know that's exactly what most of us do. Appearance can be everything, especially in a professional situation, which is why I want to talk to you about that bag over your shoulder. Are you still carrying that old college backpack to work like a stooge? If so, it's time to grow up 
look the part, and get yourself a Daniels briefcase. Daniels is a New York City-based men's leather briefcase brand that's making boys look like men one bag at a time. And the best part? You can afford this bag before you land the big job. By cutting out middlemen and selling directly to you, Daniels is able to offer a high-quality leather briefcase at the incredibly reasonable price of $195. I've been carrying around a Daniels briefcase for a few weeks now, and i got to say, thing's absolutely top-notch. The leather is very high quality, the look is exactly what you would want to carry into an office, and it's going to carry everything you need. This week, Pat's listeners can get $25 off their Daniels briefcase at danielsnyc.com by using the promo code PAT at checkout. That's $25 off one of their leather briefcases, plus they offer free shipping. Again, that's danielsnyc.com, promo code PAT for $25 off a handcrafted, high-quality leather briefcase with free shipping. Ditch that old backpack and start looking like a professional. DanielsNYC.com, D-A-N-I-E-L-S-N-Y-C.com. I love their leather briefcases, and I'm confident you will too. Go check them out. So you played for Rex Ryan? I did. What was that like? He seems like he seems like a spark plug of a man, just an electric factory at all times. Is that accurate? Well, there's Fat Rex and then there's Skinny Rex. Um, okay. Two very different people. Fat Rex uh, is a riot and hilarious. Um, <laughs> reminded me that football is fun again, and we really got after it. Then he got skinny and he got pretty. And next thing you know, you know, he's in New York. He looks great. Um, and people are throwing themselves at him. Uh, and I think it went to his head, to tell you the truth. <laughs> To do, you know, but uh, but I love Rex was awesome. I had a fantastic time with him. He's a fantastic coach. Uh, if he ever gets another shot, um, I, I think he would do a fantastic job. Okay. Um, oh man, that's so funny. That's like Jonah Hill. Yeah. Everybody says when Jonah Hill got skinny, he lost his funny. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers last week said Sam Elliott without the mustache, not good. Sam Elliott with the mustache, good. I do believe these little things matter. They do. They do. Um, as, an off- as an offensive lineman, mm-hmm. how's the body feel? How many years did you play in the NFL? Uh, I tricked people for 11 years. Okay, 11 years in the NFL. Then you're at Ohio State. And then there's high school at Centerville, which is basically college football. They're the Elks. Same high school as A.J. Hawk and Jeremy Cash, my holder in college, not to be forgotten about. Uh, Don't sm- forget Herb Street, too. Kirk Herbstreit, greatest analyst out there, also from Centerville, Ohio. Just gem after gem. How's the bot for the brand? Mike Nugent, also from Centerville. Yes. What's in the water over there? You guys, you guys <laughs> got some greatness in the water over there. I, I can respect the hell out of that. Um, Sorry, we sidetracked. No, no, it's a real thing though. Is the future of football players and how do you feel? I mean, you're in one of the toughest positions there is. How does the body feel? Uh, after all this, and uh, you don't have to dive into the mental part of it. After Gronk said last week he probably had like 20 concussions, you're literally in hand-to-hand combat every play of your life. How's the body feel? What do you think can be done going forward? And is this just uh, inherent risk with the game of football that's going to happen? Uh, body feels really good. Um, you know, I, I got four little ones running around, and I think they hurt me more than uh, football ever did. <laughs> Um, but it is, you know, playing around with them, having a good time, not waking up uh, every morning feeling terrible after, you know, getting in a car crash every day. 
Um, but, you know, it, it's one of those things moving forward with the game. It's football. Uh, you know what you sign up for. You know what you're getting yourself into. You know you're going to feel terrible. Um, you take the bumps and bruises. You try to be as smart as possible about it. Try to take care of yourself while you're playing. Uh, and then after you're done playing. And, you know, it's just, uh, I don't, it, it's one of those things. It, they go hand in hand. You're going to have collisions. You're going to have hits. Um, you just have to be smart about it. That's, um, I think that's kind of the majority of players' thoughts, by the way. Every once in a while, a player will come out and be like, the NFL lied to me about this, this, and this. And it's, I don't want to say it sounds like a money grab because I don't know what that person's going through. I can never put myself in their shoes. But anytime that stuff comes out, my immediate reaction is like, hey, I was a punter, so I'm nowhere near as uh, physical as you were. But you had to know going into football that at some point, there was a potential collision that was going to happen. Right. I mean, it's just the way the game of football is played. Uh, we live in a wild world, though, where there's a lot of lawsuits, a lot of money to be had. And this goes back to the officiating. There was just billions of dollars up for grabs. You never know what's going to happen. You know, it's well, funny. You never see anybody complain uh, that the college lied to them. Like, uh, no one's like, ah, oh, you know what? Alabama lied to me. And, you know, it's always the NFL. Well, that's because... Everybody knows that the NFL is making billions. Everybody kind of just assumes that the colleges are making a billions. These in colleges. Hey, how do you feel about that California legislature that passed it? Uh, I like it. I, I I'm I'm intrigued. I, I think there's there's so much money involved. I think college kids do um, need to be paid, but there needs to be a, a smart way to do it. And I think that is in a form of a trust. I think I don't think you can just write them a check. Um, and I think there's there's different safeguards that you have to put in, uh, but I you know there's just too much money in college football uh, that the guys aren't getting. Former teammate of yours, uh, Tim Tebow, came out swinging against this. Uh, I find it to be quite a polarizing issue, which I didn't think really was going to be that the case. Uh, I feel like he came out swinging so hard he must be being paid by the NCAA. Oh, you think there's a little collusion back there in the back door? Do you see how hard he fought? Has he fought that hard on anything else? Well, Jesus. I mean, oh, good point. Did you see Darren Ravel tweeted that during his motivational press conference, he was wearing the XV15 uh, shirt, which would go on to be his logo for the Tim Tebow business while giving that press conference, which a lot of people would say taking advantage of capitalism, which is what the student athlete, student human athletes are trying to do currently. So it's kind of an interesting situation there, Nick. The student, yeah, see, should he be allowed to use 15? Does Did, Florida still own that? Right. The, the number? Yeah. I would argue that Urban Meyer owns every number. Yeah. I mean, every single number Urban Meyer owns. <laughs> hey, Ohio State looks really good. Do you keep in touch with any of your alumni stuff? Are you still all in on the Buckeyes, or is it just kind of as a fan you just kind of watch good football now? No, I uh, I, I got I was actually finally able to get back after eight years. Uh, our good friend, A.J. Hawk, uh, got inducted to the Hall of Fame, uh, along with Mike Nugent as well. Uh, so I got back, got to see some guys. Um, and it was, it was neat. It was neat being back on campus. God, it's changed a lot in eight years. Um, but I, I, I think I want to get back a little bit more. So A.J. Hawk and Mike Nugent went into the Ohio State Hall of Fame? This is true. 
you got invited uh, to go attend their Hall of Fame thing, but you just kind of sat there and watched, or I crashed it pretty much. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know if anyone actually reached out to see if I wanted to go. I just, uh, <laughs> I just said I'm. Um, so it worked out well. Are you in the Hall of Fame already? No. What the hell is that about? What is that all about? Everybody else from your high school is in that damn Hall of Fame except for you? How does that even work? I'd have a little bit of anger towards Ohio State. The, sorry, the Ohio State. Thank you. Please get it right. Um, yeah, I wasn't that good in college, so I, I don't expect that. You sucked in college, and then what? You got to the NFL and just became an animal? I mean, I don't think I sucked. I wasn't, like, breaking down any uh, award banners or anything. When were you drafted? First round. First round, 06. Yeah, man, you sucked, bro. <laughs> hey, I can't fathom how bad you were at college football to get drafted in the first round. You must have been so terrible at Ohio State. So terrible. I'm happy. You, I hope you never go into the Hall of Fame. It would be doing that Hall of Fame a, a disservice if some terrible football player like you got in there. <laughs> I know, right? You'd be knocking it down for all the greats that came before me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are the Jets ever going to be good this year? Who wins tonight? Uh, and I can't thank you enough for stopping by. We need you in studio here when we're in New York at some point. Yes, we will. I love coming down the uh, Four World Trade. It's a beautiful spot. Uh, Jets, Jets and Browns tonight. It's going to be wild. Um, if the defense can stop Baker Mayfield and the offensive line can uh, make some holes for our friend Le'Veon Bell, uh, I have the Jets winning 17-13. All right. And um, one more time. I'm being told to ask you about sportsbettingdimes.com, which we covered at the, literally the beginning of this conversation. Uh, but people are telling me in my ear to cover that again. So what is sportsbettingdimes.com, which is what you were covering? We talked about it earlier to the show. If you're a publicist for sportsbettingdimes.com or somebody from Westwood One or from DAZN that didn't listen to the first five minutes of this conversation, what is sportsbettingdimes.com so they can hear it again, Nick? Uh, sportsbettingdime.com. Oh, that's probably why I was asked to do it again. That's 100% on me. That's the Midwestern and you add <laughs> I think to uh, Yeah, but uh, sportsbettingdime.com, check it out. Uh, you can go there, get all your uh, free um, research tools, uh, check things out, checks, you know, you can see different lines from different sports bet books. Um, and it, it's a great tool to have. Well, I'm very thankful for sportsbettingdime.com for getting this dime of a gentleman on the show. Future Hall of Famer, both in the NFL and the Ohio State. We're going to make that right. Born in Centerville, played center. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Hmm? Write that down. We did. It's on the screen if you're watching live at home. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, one of my favorite humans to ever play football. How's the cooking going? Big green egg, you still you still brisketing? Yeah, grinding away. We, I did. I'm doing some pulled pork that would knock your socks off. I need my socks to get knocked off immediately. Oh. All right. Well, I can't thank you enough, Mr. Mangle. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick Mangle. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Good stuff from Nick Mangle. There, always a big fan of when he comes on the show, and looking forward to when we get to sit down and chat with him again. This next guy I've been a big fan of for a while, and this is the first time we've had him on the show, and he didn't disappoint. Very easy to be a fan of a um, hard worker, you know, coach's son, hard hat, lunch pail kind of guy, high motor guy. 
first one in, last one out. You know all the cliches. You've heard them all. They all apply to this guy. Wide receiver for the Detroit Lions, Danny Amendola. Joining us now is a man I can't wait to talk to. He played played college football in Texas Tech. Then he was a Ram. He was a return specialist. An absolute nightmare of a man to defend whenever you're a punter or a kicker. I hated him on the field. Loved him off the field. He found a home in New England. Then he went to Miami. Now he's a Detroit Lion turning things around for the undefeated Matt Patricia. Lions up there. Wide receiver. Number 80. Classic white guy. Danny Amendola. Pat, how you doing, buddy? I'm great. How are you, pal? I'm good, man. It's good to talk to you. Yeah, it's great to chat with you, man. Watching your career from afar and over the internet has been a lot of fun because I remember like it was just yesterday, me begging you to take a knee on a kickoff for a touchback in St. Louis. Now you're a world champion. You get talked about in TMZ and you're helping lead the Detroit Lions to a complete turnaround. How is it in Detroit? You guys are still undefeated with a 1-0 and 1 record. How are the boys feeling up there? It's great, man. You know, it's still early, as you know, but, uh, man, we're getting things rolling. Coach Patricia has been doing a great job getting us ready to play, getting us, um, you know, physically, mentally prepared. So, uh, you know, we got a tough one this week. Going to Philly, they played Sunday night versus the Falcons. Everybody saw that. Um, you know, they're a good team, got a great quarterback. They got good receivers, good DBs. So, you know, they're well coached. They fly around, and, and we're up for the challenge. Um, you have become a guy – that when Patricia talked about finding his guys, right? I talked to Matt Patricia before uh, week 17 matchup against the Packers. I talked to him and he said he wants to find people that kind of fit the culture he's trying to build there. I would assume the culture he's trying to build is similar to the Patriots because there's so much success and both of you are from there. Whenever he brought you in, was there a pressure or a conversation you had with Matt Patricia where he was like, hey, need you to lead the guys in a proper fashion. We want a little bit of what happened in Foxborough to happen here in Detroit. Yeah, there's definitely some carryover, um, you know, when it comes down to the how we prepare, how we practice, uh, some of the things that he goes over in meetings, how we watch film, uh, how we communicate with each other. Uh, there's definitely some carryover. Obviously, uh, Coach Patricia uh, was very successful in New England. Uh, he's, he's brought some familiar faces um, from the, ti- the time he spent there to Detroit now. So um, there's a few of us in the building, but we want to, we want to, you know, we want to, have our own identity we want to uh you know we want to be our we want to be the, the the best detroit lions team we, we can be so um you know we're we're all in here in detroit we love playing hard for the city uh the city's you know electric it, it has a lot of tradition a lot of a lot of history in, in sports here and, and we want to play hard uh, first and foremost for the city and, and and for our team that city has been miserable revolving around the Detroit Lions and the Pistons. I mean, it seems like it's been an eternity since they have been good. But it also feels like a city that's ready to lose their minds for the Detroit Lions to be good. Have you gotten a sense of that? Even though it is early, is there an excitement built up around the town about the undefeated 1-0-1 Detroit Lions? Right now? <laughs> <laughs> no question, man. No question, man. We had a, we had a great turnout uh, last Sunday at, at our first home game at the opener. Um, you know, a, a bunch of fans with one o'clock start, man. They got out there early. I know they were tailgating. They were. Uh, I could smell the. I could smell the booze. It was. It was fantastic. <laughs> so it was. Uh, it was awesome to get out there in front of our home fans for the first time in a regular season game. I know. I know how excited they are. How hungry they are for for a winning team and for 
and for us to have a parade down Woodward, that's what we're that's what we're all trying to do. Ah, Danny, you become <laughs> such a handsome guy. You become <laughs> such a handsome guy. It's kind of taken over the Danny Amendola image as this attractive white guy who's become this superstar wide receiver. I remember when the Rams, you were just a little bum back there. That's how everybody viewed it. <laughs> no the, question. Yeah, the come up has no been question. a the come up has been a real one for you. How has your how has your life in the NFL? Uh, there's no way you could have thought you'd be this guy that you are now. How has the entire experience been? It's been great, man. It's been, uh, you know, came in undrafted, got cut two times before I played in my first NFL game and uh, played on three teams before I played on my first NFL game uh, when I was in St. Louis, uh, started out in, in Dallas and then Philly and then, uh, you know, finally got my start, man. I'm going on my on my 12th year undrafted, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited, man. I still have that chip on my shoulder, still have that competitive edge, and I, and I want to play uh, football for, you know, for, for some time to come. You know, there's still some things I want to get done. And, um, you know, I, I enjoy playing, playing the game. I enjoy the time with my teammates in the locker room. Obviously, I, you know, enjoyed uh, playing against you, man. You were a monster back in the day, dude. And, uh, you know, I, I, always, I always, always loved how you would uh, switch up uh, what direction you were going to try to try to punt the ball and really screw us up. Uh, but, you know, you were a monster back there, dude. I, I, you know, I appreciate, uh, I appreciate the words. Well, I'll tell you what, Danny, that just made me feel real good. I mean, you just scratched me right where I itch. Nobody talks mm-hmm. about that anymore. They always talk about the guy on vitamins talking into a microphone. Uh, but, but I do agree. You were for new – and I, don't, I know you're trying to build a new culture. I, I understand that. But a lot of the world got introduced to Danny Amendola whenever you were with the New England Patriots. I mean, you yep. and Julian Edelman became this little tag team of Caucasian kids just out there making things happen on the field. <laughs> what did you learn from Julian, Tom, and uh, that relationship that you think has kind of expedited your success in the NFL? Uh, the biggest thing I learned from those two guys uh, specifically is you know, how to create a lifestyle around, you know, trying to win football games, uh, whether it be your, uh, you know, your, your workout regimen, your, how you prepare, your, your, how you eat, how you sleep, uh, how you recover, how you work out, how you train, uh, how you, you know, how you play the game. Uh, and, and, that, and we haven't even started about talking about practice yet. So these guys practice harder than, um, you, know, you know, anybody that I've ever seen. And that's why they've been in the league and playing at a very high level for a long time. So, uh, that's the biggest thing I, I took away from from Tom, Julian, and the guys that you know I, I grew up with in in New England is is how to create a lifestyle around winning football. Do you eat avocado ice cream and all that terrible <laughs> stuff the TB12 does? No, no, I'm not. I run a lot more than him. I, I got to run routes all day, so I, I get I get a little leeway on my diet. Um, you know, I can I can I can eat uh, you know some bluebell some. Um, <laughs> You know, some, some some real shit. You know, real ice cream. Shoot, yeah, <laughs> real shoot. Yeah, I heard your heard your accent there from Texas Tech. A nice shoot drop. Oh in. yeah. Uh, um, uh, let's talk about you becoming this pop culture icon that you became there for a couple months this off season. Did you ever? Yeah. Did you ever get nervous that everything off the field was going to distract you on the field? Uh, never, dude. I I love uh, you know, I love playing ball. I love getting out there and and. Uh, and, and, and practicing and going through camp, going through OTAs, going through all the all the hard stuff, uh, you know, and, and it also takes my mind off of uh, all the other, you know, possible distractions that, that could take away from that. And football's uh, first and foremost in my life, married to the game, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and that's what I'm about. So everything else is just hogwash. And most of, this, most of this stuff that, 
um, has been out there, or, or as you see, is, is fabricated information. So, well, obviously, and uh, Danny, <laughs> a, a, after getting to know you a little bit as a person, once I started yeah. to watch you become this pop culture thing, I was like, oh, this is hysterical. I, I was so happy that it was happening just because you're, you're like this incredibly nice dude. And then there's all these things start happening. I'm like, oh, this could be so much fun to watch, mostly because I, I am a comedian and I enjoy <laughs> the Internet, but also because you're a good guy and the ability to stay at the top of your game while there's potential distractions is an X factor in people's longevity of their career. Speaking of longevity of career, Matthew Stafford has been with the Detroit Lions since day one. Now, he signed, he, yep. he, he was drafted in the, the last CBA. He got $60 million day one. I think he could have yep. bought Detroit the, the day after. Uh, but what have you seen from Matthew Stafford that you're like, you know what? Aside from chugging a beer fast, which Tom Brady can do, this dude yep. has got it, and he, you enjoy playing with him. What has Matthew Stafford shown that uh, has made you want to do that? His competitive edge, really, dude, is, is unbelievable. His, um, you know, he, he loves to win. He loves to, you know, have success and practice and, and um, you know, in, in OTAs and camp and, and in these games. And, and, you, and he, he kind of lets it show. Uh, you know, last week he, he threw a touchdown pass to Kenny Galladay to go up late in the game, and he's running down the sideline pumping his fist like Tiger Woods. Man, it's great to see him fly around with, with enthusiasm, uh, excitement, and, and his competitive edge is, is something that, you know, I've only seen in a couple guys. So, uh, you know, I'm really happy to play with him. I'm really happy to, to get to know him, to grow with him, to learn, and, and, uh, and uh, you know, hopefully catch, catch some footballs this year. So, um you know, I'm excited to see what he's going to do. Well, I think we all are excited to watch. We have a kid in here who's a diehard Detroit Lions fan. His yes, name's Fox. And whenever you got signed to the team, he lost his mind. He's a big fan. He's also an attractive white guy, so I think that could be the reason. <laughs> but uh, I think you're making a lot of people, a lot of Lions fans who have potentially been miserable a long time, excited about the future. Um, what's, the, awesome, what's the culture like in that locker room? Is there music playing? It's Oh yeah, man, it's great, dude. It's uh, everybody vibes well, man. We got we got a good group. Um, you know, the, there's no egos in the building, man. Everybody kind of checks that at the door. Uh, everybody comes to work with with uh, you know some you know focus with intensity with uh, eagerness to get better to learn and, and to prepare. So uh, you know we 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 can play better. You know we we made some mistakes last week. We made some mistakes the year the week before that. Uh, we came out with a tie the first week. We 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 squeaked out uh, a win last week against the Chargers. We put, we did some good things, but we but we're learning and we're and we're and we're improving. So um, as long as we're growing, as long as as long as we're getting better, um, you know that's all you can ask for. And, and and to put our best foot forward against Philly this week is what we're going to do. Last question before I let you go, and I can't thank you enough for your time. What did Patricia say about the tie? Was he like, "This is the dumbest thing we've ever done"? <laughs> all the Personally, yeah, I mean, personally, he was pissed. Everybody was kind of pissed. I mean, we weren't so mad. We knew we knew we didn't lose, but we knew we kind of, you know, we let him come back. We let, we let the door open, but, um, you know, we, we we took it as a learning experience. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's a tie. What's a tie? No, it's a it's the most odd feeling. Uh, you can have much like kissing your sister, but uh, I'm sure it's you know it's 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 a learning experience. It's something that we're going to be able to grow from and. Um, and hopefully get better later in the season. So, um, luckily, uh, you know, we made, we made some, a few plays there at the end, week one, to, to, to pull out a, a tie. I personally don't agree with ties. Uh, it's hard I to. Think, I think we need to have, like, a sudden death kickoff. Yes. Punt, punt yeah. passing kick type of thing. 
I know, Pat, you'd be up for that. Yes, I'm all in on that. I, I think there should be a shootout. Uh, this is how I should go. I, I think everybody should be allowed to get involved here, but I think I think on each side, two-point conversion attempts for both teams, one side to the other. If one makes yeah. it, one doesn't, they win. If it's a tie through three, let the kickers get out there and start bombing some. That's it. That's it. Longest field goal wins. Go one for one. If you, the first one to miss, you get maybe you get one rebuttal. Maybe you don't. Uh, but you know, much like I, I feel like we should implement a little bit more of like a beer pong lifestyle here in, in, in football overtime league. So yeah, there's no ties in beer pong. There's no ties in beer pong. People forget. There's no ties in beer pong. Uh, I, I can't thank you enough, Mr. Amendola. Are you still returning kicks, or are you done with that because you're old? Uh, kicks, no punts. Yes, I uh, love punts. Uh, and then trying to trying to uh, get open in in the offense and, and and move the chain still. So having fun, man. Enjoying it. Uh, looking forward to the rest of the year. Hey, man. So thankful you joined us. And all of those cliches about wide receivers: the high motor, first guy in, last guy out, coach's son. Married to the game. I honestly believe the cliches are a cliche for a reason. I think that might have been you, but aside from that, you're a freak athlete who has grown into an incredible player. Uh, it's been fun to watch. Can't wait to see the Lions' success this year with you, and uh, thanks for coming on, Mr. Amendola. Thanks, Pat. I appreciate it. It's nice talking to you. Nice catching up. Um, I'm a huge fan of yours. Always have been. I'm looking forward to seeing what you're going to do and bring us in the future, man. I'm, uh, I'm on board, so I'll talk to you soon, brother. You remember when I almost got killed outside of a club in New Mexico because I tried to hop on a guy's uh, dirt, uh, motorcycle? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, bro. That was the first time we got to – I think it was at Hank Basket's um, uh, charity foundation event, golf course deal. We had a blast. Uh, probably shouldn't have been driving the golf cart. <laughs> <laughs> we had about, I almost got killed by a biker gang in New Mexico, but Danny saved my life, and here we are uh, years later. Uh, thank you for everything, Danny. Cheers, man. Later, buddy. That was a wild weekend in New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> that was a wild. Turns out those margaritas catch up to you a lot quicker than you think out there. Real dry air. He's a good dude, man. I, I, I didn't want to hit pepper him about the off-field stuff. I mean, he was dating Miss America. I assume that's all going to follow. But I did wonder if it was ever going to be a distraction for him because that type of stuff can get guys caught up. I mean, we've seen it since the beginning of time. And all he's done is just continue to show up and show out. I think the Lions like him a lot. I'd assume you have to. Absolutely. Anytime you get a guy that can embrace Detroit, you got to keep him, just like Stafford. Did you hear him say that right there, by the way? Did you hear him say that he loves Detroit? Mm -hmm. And Stafford, whenever I did that Week 17 interview with him, he said, all we want is a, a parade down Woodward. And when I said that aloud, a lot of Lions fans were like, It'd be nice if Stafford ever told us that. I think they're quiet guys. Mm -hmm. I think they're a quiet team that have been building something for a long time now. Is this the year the 72 Dolphins become the not the only team that's undefeated? Let me ask you something. How much time do you spend in front of your digital screens? For me and everyone else here, I know we spend hours at a time looking at our screens. Between our phones, work, Binging new shows, video games, scrolling right before bed. It takes a toll on you. And that's why I started wearing MVMT's EverScroll Blue Light Filtering Glasses. They're built to protect your eyes from blue light that's known to cause eye strain, discomfort, and poor sleeping patterns. You've probably heard about these before, but I can tell you with 100% confidence that these blue light glasses are going to promote sound or sleep. They're going to elevate your mood. Lower your stress levels. 
They're going to improve your focus and your mental clarity, and they're also going to sharpen your vision. They've got a bunch of different styles of fashion-forward frames to choose from, and they don't look like other computer glasses you see out there. They take MVMT's best-selling glasses frames and add blue light filtering lenses to them so you don't have to sacrifice style for functionality. They look just like regular glasses, no yellow tint lenses like you find on other blue light blockers. You can pick from round frames, clear frames, colored frames, you name it. MVMT's selection is always expanding with new traditional and fashion-forward styles to choose from. And right now, Everscroll blue light filtering glasses start at just 65 bucks. Whether you're at the office scrolling through your phone or unwinding from a long day, Everscroll glasses have you covered. Better focus, better sleep, and better style. Get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to mvmt.com slash McAfee. Shop MVMT Everscroll blue light filtering glasses Protect your eyes and look great doing it. It's mvmt.com forward slash McAfee. Join the movement. Big thanks to Danny Amendola. He was incredible. Looking forward to him coming back on the podcast and opening it up a little bit more. You can tell he kind of wanted to on the radio, but obviously the FCC has some pretty tight restrictions there. To close things out, we have a incredible interview with Pittsburgh Steeler legend Charlie Batch. He had a bunch of good insights about the Eli Manning-Daniel Jones situation because that was eerily similar to a situation he was in. He talks a little Barry Sanders and what it was like being teammates with him and breaks down the entire Ben Roethlisberger situation. I don't know why we were so surprised that he was so good. We should have known it. Chuck Batch, incredible quarterback, used to sling the pill all around the yard, used to always play with him in NFL Blitz, laser rocket arm, used to break thousands of tackles, and he's good on a microphone. Joining us now is a man who was a backup quarterback for a long time. He threw for 11,000 yards in the NFL, played for the Detroit Lions. I had a chance to uh, chat with him at the Rookie Symposium during breakout meetings. He was leading one of them, an incredibly knowledgeable man, a man who talks for the media for the Pittsburgh Steelers from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Mr. Charlie Bash. Hello, boy, Charlie. <laughs> How you doing, fellas? Uh, we're excellent. How are you, Charlie? Life is crazy in Pittsburgh right now, I'd imagine. Oh, yeah, it definitely is. It's been a crazy 48 hours, that's for sure. Okay, so the Pittsburgh Steelers, a lot of things have happened. Old Tommy John snuck up and attacked Big Ben Roethlisberger's right elbow. Then all of a sudden, Mason Rudolph's the starter of the offense. Looked like it had a little bit of a spark with Mason. Everybody's like, wait a minute, are we done yet in Pittsburgh? Then they trade a first-rounder for Minka Fitzpatrick saying, hey, we're still in this thing. What is the mindset with the Pittsburgh Steelers? Are they giving up hope this year, or do you think they're in it for the long haul and they really think they can win some games this year with Mason Rudolph? No, I really do think they feel that way, and they, and having Mason Rudolph here on the on the roster, they really felt good about him. Two years ago, they had him graded as a first round pick. He just happened to fall in, at, into the third round, and they felt like he was he was too good to pass up, even though there were other pressing needs that they had on the football team last year. But now he's thrust into this position and made it easier because when he walked into that building on Monday, everybody knew that Ben was going to go on IR. Now this is his team. And like you mentioned, he lit a spark in on that for that offense in that game coming in in that second quarter and um, playing the full second half. Stats would have been 
probably about a 123 rating if that Dante Moncrief holds on to the football and he doesn't uh, result in a interception. So they really feel good as far as where he's at. Will he make mistakes? Yeah, absolutely. Essentially, he is a rookie. This is his second game that he's going to now participate in as he gets ready for the 49ers. So you know, it's going to be interesting to see how he prepares this week. A lot of people are saying Big Ben never steps on the field if Tommy Maddox doesn't get hurt in basically the same fashion. Is this a long-term thing, or do you think Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers are expecting Ben Rowan Gardner to come back stronger <laughs> than ever after the Tommy John surgery? Well, I think talking to all the doctors, I'm pretty sure that they feel pretty good about the surgery and him coming back stronger in the offseason. The good part with Ben, you have the surgery now. You don't. He doesn't have to pick up a football till April, May, until OTAs start up next spring. So I think that's a good part for him. That question remains. You just don't know how he's going to respond because I don't think there's a comparable um, surgery out there. I know that people were talking about Jake Malone or Del Home. Del Home from Carolina. I think that's yeah. how you pronounce his last yeah, name. Del Homey. Um, they, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they were trying to compare it to that type of surgery, but I think it may be a little bit more severe. So, you know, we'll see and follow and monitor what his progress looks like. But you know how this game is, Pat. You know, you just, you're the veteran guy. You're older. Yes, they did um, extend his contract this year, so he feels pretty good that way. But here you are possibly watching your replacement. If he goes out there and balls out, man, now there's going to be a lot of questions coming to next year whether he is the quarterback of the future. If it doesn't plan out, for Mason Rudolph, yeah, you have been in the bullpen to come back in, but that now, you know, what does next year's quarterback class look like? You don't have a first-rounder because you just traded it away to Miami for Fitzpatrick. So there are a lot of questions that are lingering around Pittsburgh. You were a backup for a long time, also an incredible starter for the Detroit Lions, uh, but you were a backup for a long time, and every time you came on the field, I feel like every Yenzer I know thought that the team had a real chance. Does the city of Pittsburgh think that the Steelers have a chance right now with Mason Rudolph, or is everybody kind of like, uh, we got rid of Antonio Brown, we got rid of Lev, now Ben's elbow decides to quit, everything's in shambles, or do you think there's a real feeling of, you know what, next man up, Mason Rudolph's going to be able to do this? Well, I think they felt good about his performance last week. They said, okay, wow, we didn't expect that. But I think the lingering question remains because nobody has ever seen this before because he is essentially a rookie. Can he now do it consistently? And he has 14 games to prove that, and that starts this week on the road in a tough environment in San Francisco. So I think we're all kind of scratching our heads. Everybody's trying to – we'll all learn this together. Can Mason play? Um, every All indications that I've seen throughout training camp, he's really has picked up the offense. And I think it gets to that point of now can he now continue to execute and do this on the road. So I think we're all going to figure that question out in the next 60 minutes when it happens on Sunday. We interrupt the show to talk about something fairly serious, something near and dear to me, and it's some of these health issues that have been popping up that blindside us. I mean, it's a pain, but I'm not going to take it lying down. I've got projects to conquer, people to keep up with. And I need all the energy I can muster for my second act in life. Why am I telling you all this? Because there's a company called Elysium Help that can help you age better. Plain and simple. Taking their supplement, Basis, is a small change that can have a big impact on your health because it gives you more of a molecule that every one of your cells needs to work properly. And we lose it as we age. Elysium Health is the most exciting health company today. Founded by Leonard Garinay, director of the Glenn Center for Biology of Aging Research at MIT, ever heard of it? 
who has made some of the most important discoveries about why we age. Elysium translates breakthrough scientific advancements in aging research into health products you can buy right from their website. Their flagship supplement is Basis. Basis is the first and only dietary supplement based on 25 years of research in the science of aging. It works by giving you more NAD+, and activating what scientists call our longevity gene. NAD plus levels decline in our bodies by as much as 50% by middle age. We need NAD plus for mitochondrial function, which is how we make energy, for our DNA repair system, and for regulating our sleep-wake cycles, and much more. By raising NAD plus levels and activating our longevity genes, basis changes the way you age at the cellular level. Need proof? Elysium also conducted a clinical trial on basis. The study shows that taking the recommended dose of two capsules of basis every day increases NAD plus levels by an average of 40%. Elysium also takes quality seriously. Basis is tested for quality and purity by third-party labs, including NSF International, so you know you're getting what's on the label. What should you expect when taking basis? You know it's working in your cells because of their scientific research. Many of the benefits of increased NAD plus are things you won't feel, like enhanced mitochondrial function, active longevity genes, and improved DNA repair. But Basis customers also report experiencing higher energy, better sleep, and more satisfying workouts. Listen, this is a scientific breakthrough, and Elysium is on another level. You're getting access to breakthroughs in science. The company has the research to prove it works, and they're honest about what's actually in the product. Plus, it's easy. Just take two capsules a day to improve the way you age. So what are you waiting for? This week, listeners can get $45 off a six-month or one-year subscription to Basis by visiting trybasis.com forward slash pat and using the promo code AMERICA. That's trybasis.com forward slash pat code AMERICA. That's a full month of free Basis and a great deal on a groundbreaking supplement. Excited to see Mason Rudolph. Excited to see what the Steelers do. Uh, the Yenzers, they've been through a lot these last couple of years. A lot of drama. It was like Real Housewives of Pittsburgh there for a while in the Steelers locker room. <laughs> Let's move on. This is an incredible thing. We were looking up the Charlie Batch uh, on the internet earlier. And it was said that you were in the locker room uh, when Barry Sanders decided to retire. That right. Andrew Luck retired here came out of nowhere, and Barry Sanders' name is still mentioned all the time about retirements that popped up out of nowhere. Did you guys know that was coming? What was the initial reaction, and what was Barry like as a dude? Yeah, I think whenever uh, well, Barry was phenomenal. I mean, probably the most humblest person I've been around other than Troy Palomalo, and those two are very similar that way when it comes uh. to just their uh, uh, personalities, <laughs> but nobody knew what was expected. You know, here I was now entering into my second year. I thought, man, it was pretty cool playing with Barry my rookie year. I'm going to have him over the next couple years. He wasn't there during the OTAs, having conversations with him. We had no idea that he was going to retire. And then all of a sudden, on the eve of training camp, he decides that he was going to fax his retirement letter into Wichita, Kansas, into the hometown newspaper. So we were all caught off guard. We're sitting there. We're scrambling. And then you know, the coaches are trying to figure out who we can trade for because we needed a running back. So it just really caught everybody off guard. It changed the whole offensive game plan. We ended up trading for Greg Hill, was who was with the Chiefs, and he played with the Rams uh, prior to it. And it was just tough because now you're trying to get him up to speed. Everybody kind of wrote us off. But for us, we were able to rally. We got off to a 6-2 and two start. We beat the hot Rams team, who eventually won the Super Bowl at the midway point. 
So it was just something that you had to kind of rally around around each other, and I think that's what's happening now in Indianapolis whenever the retirement happened with Andrew Luck. Kind of similar situations. He didn't practice in the offseason, and then all of a sudden you have Brissett that's sitting there with those reps, and when you get the word, man, you just got to go and play. And hopefully things work out with uh, with uh, him up there in Indianapolis, and of course, you know, it was a great plan for with Barry Sanders for one year. Yeah, it's it's crazy how the the league is because every week there's a new headline. Every week something new happens, something new's mind blown. The NFL does a great job controlling the narrative all year round. The Andrew Luck story is basically already done being talked about. Nobody's even talking about it anymore. But Barry Sanders' name is one that is just a constant in the NFL. Let's switch names. The Manning family is one that is always chatted about for whatever reason. They're really good at football. Won a lot of Super Bowls. Eli Manning has now been benched in for the New York Giants. Daniel Jones, young quarterback going in there. Is that an awkward move, you think? Is it is it a weird quarterback room right now for Daniel Jones, uh, knowing that it's his team now, or do you think everything is going to be laissez-faire? Let's go for it. Yeah, it's going to be awkward just because you have, the, you know, when you're the unquestionable leader in the offseason and all the way up until this point of the announcement, you know, now, you know, the, the you know loyalty has to switch a little bit on that team to say, okay, yeah, Eli, you were, you was our man. Now we're moving toward with Jones. So it's just uh, awkward. And it just kind of reminds me of my rookie year uh, when I was with Detroit. They just, Scott Mitchell started the first two games. He ultimately got benched in week three. And he, I was preparing to get ready for Minnesota on the road. And, you know, you're kind of trying to now, you know, mold and figure out what your career is being shaped like. But I think everybody, you know, a lot of people in New York that already thought that that particular move was going to happen. It was just a matter of a win. Now that the move has been made, they cannot waver and go back to Eli Manning if for whatever reason Daniel Jones struggles. Reminds me of what happened last year in Baltimore when you're sitting back and you're making a switch from, you know, going to from Flacco to Jackson. And whenever he struggled in that playoff game, everybody was now talking about trying to flush, you know, Flacco into that lineup. And Harbaugh said, no way. He's our guy, and ultimately you can see it paying off for him in the first two weeks down in Baltimore. So they just have to rally around Jones and say, listen, don't look over your shoulder. This is your team, and go out there and rock it. Yeah, because there are egos involved in everything. I mean, that's just the way it goes. I think that's going to be a delicate situation. I hope Daniel Jones does well for the New York Giants fans, Uh, and I'm interested to see how Eli Manning handles that. Lamar Jackson, you just mentioned him. Have you gotten a chance to watch that offense? Do you think it's sustainable, or do you think that's an offense that defensive coordinators will be able to figure out? The Wildcat took the world by storm, and then the RPOs, which used to be called play actions, kind of took over the world, and defense coordinators start figuring it out. This offense in Baltimore seems to be one that could be very difficult to figure out with all their tight ends, their different sets, and Lamar's Jackson ability to throw the ball all of a sudden. Have you got a chance to see the Ravens' offense perform at all? And do you think they are a potential dominant AFC team for the next couple years? Well, I do think they have the potential to be a dominant team. Do I? Did I expect Jackson to do what he's doing and you know have a perfect passer rating on Week One? No, but he did, and he had to go out there and prove it because. You know, coming into this season, everybody questioned whether or not he can throw the football down the field. But when you have the running ability of Jackson, they have to respect that first and foremost. So if you're a defensive coordinator in this league, you're going to say, okay, we're going to load the box, stop the run. Jackson beat us with your arm. And he has proven that thus far. So it's going to be interesting to see if defensive coordinators can keep up to what he's doing, but also can Jackson protect himself when he's now running the football and not, and not take those unnecessary hits so he can sustain throughout the entire year. If he stays healthy, man, Baltimore obviously 
is the team to beat in the AFC North. Now, can they compete with Kansas City? We won't know that because I don't think they get a chance this year unless it's the playoffs. But they do get a shot at New England, so they'll be able to test where they are from that uh, competition level. How dumb is the New England dumb? <laughs> I mean, how it, it – Mr. Batch, when I say this, I mean this. I feel like the New England Patriots have been winning since Barry Sanders decided to retire. It feels like <laughs> that empire up there is just so good, and they've only gotten better. As an older guy who played quarterback into your, I think into your forties, late thirties at least, how do you think? How do you think it's sustainable? Even he eats avocado ice cream. I get it, and, and he does cucumber pizza and stuff <laughs> like that. But how does Tom Brady uh, still? perform at the level that he performs at some time father time has to catch up to him is that wrong am i accurate in saying <laughs> no you, you it absolutely catches up to everyone and for you know whatever workout regimen that tom is, is doing up there is working for him and like you mentioned man you just kind of scratch your head when you spend you know 20 years in this league and half of them you're in the super bowls <laughs> really are you serious <laughs> That New England situation remind me of Golden State. You're like, okay, yeah, Steph Curry's already good, but you're at Kevin Durant to that? Are you kidding me? <laughs> now all of a sudden here you are adding Antonio Brown. It's like, wow, how can that even happen? And it just, you know, it baffles me. And, you know, of course, from comparisons, you, everyone thought that the Steelers could, you know, could compete. They got blown out by New England. And you add that element, and Tom is doing nothing but getting better, and now quarterbacks are being knocked off with injury. And now here's the older, the elder spokesperson now versus all these younger guys, and can they now knock off the lion? And it's going to be interesting to see if they can do it. But whatever, for whatever reason, all the signs are indicating that it's probably going to be a Kansas City, New England AFC Championship game, and we'll probably see Tom in the championship again. Um, you never officially retired from the NFL. <laughs> uh, can you still spin it? Were you thinking about going working out for the Steelers or what? <laughs> I never officially retired from the NFL, but you know how this game is. Once they send you your severance check, the league has officially wiped their hands of you and said, <laughs> you are unofficially retired. <laughs> are you enjoying the media world? Are you, 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 this has been an incredible conversation. I feel like you just taught me a lot. Are you enjoying the media world? <laughs> is this what's going to happen for I, you, or is this going to be your future? I really do enjoy it. It, it, I I like it, but I don't love it. And the only reason why I don't love it is because the Steelers play five national games, primetime games, and I jump on the post-game radio after the fact, so I don't finish till two thirty in the morning. That's the only reason why I don't love it. But all, all, everything else, I enjoy it thoroughly, and I enjoy talking, just talking ball in general. So, um, trust me, I'm one of the ones that are very happy. I know Steelers Nation is not happy whenever the Steelers are flexed out of primetime. But I'm completely happy because that's the difference between me finishing at 2.30 in the morning or 7 p.m. Hey, I can respect that, man. Uh, you talk about newspaper people. They talk about deadlines, writing deadlines. They like the earlier games as well. So I don't think there's right. any knock on that. Who do you, you have the New England Patriots and the Chiefs uh, in the AFC Championship. Who do you, do you have the Patriots winning it all against two? Uh, I actually have them probably, whew, it's kind of hard because at, the, at one point I'm thinking to myself, okay, it's going to be, it's, um, it's going to be the Rams, and then I'm liking what I saw from Seattle, um, what, what they did to the Steelers over the last uh, uh, last week. So I, I really think it's going to be Seahawks and uh, New England in the Super Bowl again. Charlie, I, everything about me, every time I watch Russell Wilson uh, speak, I just want to, I literally want to just slap him in the, 
right in the mouth. Because everything he <laughs> says is just perfect. Everything Russell Wilson right. says is perfect. Everything he does seems to be perfect. He was like back when I was in college and Tim Tebow. It was like, this guy can't be like this all the time. Then I meet Tim Tebow, and he literally is like that all the time. Russell Wilson, I've never got to officially meet him. But every time I see him on TV, I'm like, this guy is so full of grumpy. I cannot take <laughs> everything this guy says. It's just perfect 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 and then he leads the team on, on these incredible long drives and he drops balls into the bucket for him he seems to be the perfect quarterback why do i hate him charlie why, why do i just have this natural <laughs> hatred towards him and should i it's one of those his his career reminds me of ben roethlisberger early on you're like okay the legion of boom is the reason why you're winning why you're in the super bowl and why you even have a championship and then all of a sudden he continues on his career. They lose their defensive side of the ball, and he's making pinpoint accurate throws. You're just like, man, I can respect it. It's very similar to what happened with Ben Roethlisberger. That defense, number one for a long time here with the Steelers, and he started making those accurate throws, and that's when people started respecting his passing game. When you look at what Russell Wilson brings to the table, he, he, he doesn't check all the boxes, but yet he's is out there and one of the top quarterbacks in this league. You can't do anything but respect the guy third-round pick. He did. He had to earn everything that he has at this point. And, man, watching him in person, man, it was even better than watching on TV this past Sunday. Well, I'll tell you what, Charlie. You've had to earn everything in your life as well, from Munhall to Eastern Michigan to the Lions, back home to Pittsburgh. I can't thank you enough for joining us. I'll get around on Russell Wilson. I just think he's too perfect. I, I, I just think he's too I'm like It has to be fake, but maybe it's genuine. Maybe he's just that incredible of a dude and a quarterback. Charlie, I will speak nothing but your praises for the rest of the time. Thank you so much for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Charlie Batch. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, that's the show. It's currently 4 a.m. I'm fucking dead. Hopefully I don't fall asleep at the wheel when I'm driving home. But I guess if you don't hear me on any more shows, then you'll know that that's probably the case. We're still live on Westwood One every day from 10 a.m. Eastern Time to noon and streaming live on DAZONE. If you haven't checked that out yet, I would highly recommend you do so. For the time being, you can still find all the podcasts on YouTube, and I would also recommend checking out the newest vlog that Foxy just made. It is incredible and gives you a little insight into the chaos of our last week. We appreciate you guys for listening and rocking with us. Like Pat always says, we know you could listen to just about anything else, but you're choosing to spend your time listening to us, and that doesn't get lost over here. We respect and appreciate the hell out of you guys. Have a good one. Cheers. If it's alright, oh, yeah. I wanna kick it with you all night, all night. Woo. Have a good time, ain't gotta worry cause it's alright, it's alright. All night, all night, all night, baby. Don't be shy, don't be shy, don't be shy, baby. Okay, everybody gon' say what they wanna say. Yep. Players gon' play when they wanna play. Lonely, only for my night light, lose the band balls, ride. No way, daddy bass hat don't skip no days either. Meet her, meet her, treat her like a queen, then I give her that Peter. Jack, that's how we procreate. Take care of my babies, I'ma talk the weight. I'ma carry the load and I'ma win the bread as well. No tricking off of my girl. Yo, chicken off of my girl. She thick with all of her curves. 
Plus she got her mind on her Street smart, book smart, built by design for me Gotta hold her up, cause she always holding me down Like a bank robber with a note, give it to the teller So she know we ain't fucking around It's something about that company I sent for you, that you come for me Yeah. If it's alright, oh, yeah. I wanna kick it with you all night, all night. Woo. Have a good time. Ain't gotta worry, cause it's alright, it's alright. All night, all night, all night, baby. Don't be shy, don't be shy, don't be shy, baby. All night and all night, ain't gotta worry, cause it's alright, it's alright. It's alright. It's okay, I've been feeling good, now nigga feeling great Started out as a little hood nigga from Savannah, then I moved to the A Sucking up game like a wet back, put it out, eat it up, get it right back Big cold is the ice in your nightcap, hit you with your bonnet on by the night lamp We don't discriminate, we just want you to participate It takes two to tango, no wet the day go, this ain't that same old, same old, old same shit We done switched it up like a plain clothes, 5-0-12, same cold, my flow, hell, stay froze It's something about that company, I sent for you, that you come for me If it's alright, I wanna kick it with you all night If it's alright 